0: Week's mortgage planner. I have the privilege of sitting with Sherry, one of a, I will tell you, awesome student to start, but also now going into the coaching side Mm -hmm. and coming alongside to help mortgage planner marketing grow and really spread how we're taking great care of clients. And thank you for being here. Not a bad place to be. No, not at all. But beautiful. We want. I wanted to come to you guys today and, and kind of walk you through a little more of your journey. Like, how'd you get here? Like a lot of, here's what happens in our industry. I think people will say, well, it's great. She closes, how much did you close last year? I don't wanna guess. That's
1: 115 million.
0: $115 Hundred and fifteen million, yep. and that was in a tougher market. Mm-hmm. And the prior year, you did when everybody was jamming. Yeah, I was. I was right at one hundred and forty million. One hundred and forty million. So the numbers speak for themselves. Now you didn't get out of bed and go close one hundred and forty million. It no, doesn't I work that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't have a team built around to that way it is now. Walk us through. You've been doing this how long? Let's start um, there.
1: They're up twenty four years.
0: So twenty four years of doing loans. What did your first couple of years look like? Like.
1: The first two years looked like I had no idea what I was doing. I was minimally trained. Back then, we didn't have to have the national license that we do now. And so I had very, very little training. Now,
0: can we go back as far as to say, did you have email? I didn't have email. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we, had, we had some email. I remember Nextel phones starting, right? i chirping at people. I yep. thought that was the, the cool part. So, but but, the, but yeah. coming, someone coming into an office, though, was more normal.
1: Oh, it was absolutely... Yeah, Then today. Yeah. Totally different. A requirement. Right. You know, and that's when we had loan files that were this thick, you know, because we had paper back then. Um, not the digital. We're we dating ourselves. We're dating our, ourselves. It's sad, but it's true. Um, But the first couple of years, I just really didn't know what I was doing. Um, and then I got some great advice um, that told me that if you really want to be successful as a loan originator, you want to start from the back of the office and work front. So go to operations and then go up front. And I did just that. Started as a processor, became an underwriter, um, did closings for a little while. Interesting. um, Helped um, one of the gentlemen I was working with at the time. He was the owner of the company, helped him run the company. And then I became their number one loan officer. I found out how to do loans. I understood the importance of reading guidelines. And I just took everything and excelled with
0: it. So... I'm gonna. I want to jump around a little, bit. we're gonna stay on your path. But but the first couple of years, you found it. You know, I remember when I started. Mm-hmm. My old man taught me. He says, "Hey, here, re- read this green book." You know mm-hmm. what the green book was? That was HUD guidelines, yep, right? Yep, exactly. It's a mini little book. I said the whole thing, and I, and I read it a couple of times. But you start knowing guidelines as mm-hmm. a loan officer today, I think, can be taken lightly. Oh, I think it absolutely is. Is that a game changer in closing more loans? Absolutely. Yeah. So if you're watching this and you take lightly the, and I'll say it this way, the millions of guidelines, right? Mm -hmm. See, here's what I I look at when when we first started, there were more basics, Mm -hmm. right? And, and not as much of, of the extra layers that seem to be in there. And I don't mean correspondent or broker or banker, right. not overlays. I mean, layers in, in regards to what you have to do to get a deal done now. It Correct. was simpler then. It was a lot easier. Yeah, it, but, but now you bring in the technology and you think it would be simpler. Yes, some of the answers are wow. getting an approval and things like that, but totally different market. So first couple of years, you go deep into operations, mm-hmm. similar to mine. I was awful at it, by the way. I was not good at it. Um, I did that for a couple of years. So it's similar similar background, knowing mm-hmm. that the product and, and guidelines. Two years go by, you were into in the number one. Mm-hmm. Were you the only one in the company? Let's first start there. Were you, were you competing against anyone? I did have someone. Yeah, there was
1: about, at that time, there was seven of us.
0: OK, and, so, and what was number one then? Do you even know? Like no, I couldn't do my math now. I don't, we didn't track it. In right. We didn't really, it was, what,
1: it was just the units you did. And I mean, back then, I mean, we would, it was refi land. So I was in uh, an industry that either did purchase or refis. My particular company loved refis. We did no closing cost refis and we did them crazy. I mean, I would do 120 units a month.
0: Yeah. And how many deals, 120 a month mm-hmm. that you were originating. Mm-hmm. And this is your second year in. Mm-hmm. So you're going, any purchase business? About? No, so this zero. Was, so you were very heavy. And now I could flip this script and say how much refi you're doing. And you're doing 90% uh, purchase. I am
1: right now, yeah, I am 95% purchase and 5% refi.
0: So go back to it. You're on your own mm-hmm. doing that, no assistance. Mm-hmm. Then what What happens next? You're already a good originator. What were the hours like? Do you remember? Yeah. Bad, um, right?
1: Bad. Yeah. You know, I would be working. We had small kids back then, so my husband went home and, he was you know working also in the industry but in a different position and so he would go and take our kids and i would be there at seven in the morning and i'd still be rocking it at eight o'clock at night you know so it's very so very little of my children and for that i was like i gotta find another way so because
0: of the hours
1: because of was the that hours? the
0: main part so see some people will jump into coaching because they want to learn better sales they want to mm-hmm. have better systems uh maybe better dialogue i guess that go along with sales build a team, mm-hmm. uh, excel their volume, right? right? Mm-hmm. And then the other one is reduce hours. So right. you didn't have a problem selling and getting loans, whether it's refire purchase, you were a machine at getting loans still are correct. But it came down to how you ran that. So Walkman, we've been two years in, and I'm going to fast forward a hair, walk me through some milestones mm-hmm. to today that of people who are the coaching aspect, like you got involved, you said, Hey, I, I want to coach some other people too. Mm-hmm. And we've been working together, I want to guess,
1: I think we've been working together five years, I was
0: gonna say four, so five years, okay. Mm-hmm. And and now you want to show other people how you've you've done this. So you've done other coaching. Mm-hmm. T- talk to me about some of the stages you went through in your career of learning how to be a better loan originator.
1: Sure. Well, Part of that was going to coaching. I realized that I, I felt like I was at the top of my game. Of course, you know, we have all the industry magazines and they're talking about who's doing what and why they're doing it, right? And I, I felt like I was stuck and I wanted to do more. So I reached out, found some, some coaching at that time and understood that I could never really change where I was because I just didn't have enough hours in the day. And so the first thing I learned to do was to hire an LOA. I was blessed to find someone that connected with me immediately, and he's still working with me today. Um, and we Who just is that? It's Chris Brazil. Yeah,
0: he's still there he today. Still so there. how many years later? Twelve years. Now, if if you're listening to this, I'm going to sidebar that where most teams mm-hmm. hurt mm-hmm. is because of turnover. Just because you're a good salesperson doesn't mean you're a good manager and leader of people who want to do the same thing you want to do. That takes a craft, I think, to build a strong team getting current client referrals, getting past client referrals, having a referral business, getting five-star reviews, that mm-hmm. takes a lot. So building so- a team and keeping a team is is completely different. And he's been alongside you and you've been able to add more people. But going back to that first coaching, get an assistant for what?
1: Mm-hmm. I, need, I needed help to be able to expand and grow. I was doing all the work that I could do for one human being. I needed an extra set of hands so I could go out and market and do things. About this time, it was when I don't know if you remember about 13 when the light switched and we didn't have any more refi business for a while. Kind of what we just went through. a Little different, but kind of the same thing. So at that point I had zero
0: realtors, I had none. So you went from closing hundreds a month, hundred closings a month, Mm -hmm. hours are high, assistant comes in and the the market turns off some. So how long was Chris with you when you were jamming and the market kind of cooled off?
1: uh chris was with me about three months
0: so i'm i'm working with a, a a couple teams now and as this market's tightened up they've built their team over the last year mm-hmm. and they're getting some pressure to say hey maybe we need to cut back right staff yes. and their volume is doing pretty good and i, and I, I expressed to them i said the, the worst thing you can do is take an employee that you've worked in a partner really becomes a partner especially chris at this point you know he is yeah take that and then and it's all gone after a year of work right because because we're not prioritizing i think the salesperson, meaning you or I going out and getting more business, Correct. right? So what did you, you you didn't know Jack really as a loan rep, you're writing a lot of loan, you knew guidelines, yeah. you're not a built team. Correct. What'd you give this guy when he started, paperwork? Hey, how, just come alongside, but what do, how did that structure look? work?
1: Well, so when I hired Chris, I made him sit with me for six months and I said, I just want you to listen to what I say and how I say it. And before
0: then- you really gave him much to do. Correct. And See then, that's an interesting piece. Most people would give them, you know, that here's here's what you're doing to jump mm-hmm. into. You had a marry.
1: So he basically Any
0: experience?
1: He he had been a law officer before. He had taken a break, um, because the company he worked for shut down. So um, he went into another field, but wanted to get back into. So my man you know,
0: start, if I'm, I am say it this way, my man starts with you, you're a big producer. Mm-hmm. He's He's been dabbling in the business at another place that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And now he moves over to you and the volume turns down. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, this isn't great, right? Yeah, right. You going to be second guessing it some.
1: But I, yeah, the thing is, is that Chris hasn't. Everything that we've ever talked about doing, we did. So when it the faucet kind of dripped down, one, we knew, I could see it coming. You could see the tide changing, right? You've got to watch, you gotta watch know, what's going on in your market. You gotta pay attention to what's happening. So I started going out and talking to realtors. Chris and I agreed that I would be the rainmaker and he would handle the applications. So my number one job was to make it rain. So I went out, I built a lot of relationships, a lot of hard work. It doesn't come overnight. You know, You've got to really fine tune your craft. All the way there's only way to talk about it right
0: you have to also have a lot of faith in chris at that time
1: Did yeah, i did yeah never questioned i've never questioned that man um so he took our apps the whole nine yards and i just kept going if there was a problem there was an issue with a client he would bring me in um i would fix it if there was a problem with underwriting i would get it fixed and we just kept moving and that's kind of how we built what we built and it took chris and i a while to add people to our actual company.
0: Don't Um, go too far ahead. So you're two years in, mm -hmm. Chris comes aboard, three months or so, six months he follows you. We're a few years in, refi shut down. Mm -hmm. You have to go out and start calling on realtors. Mm -hmm. Where's your volume at right about then?
1: Uh, About 2 million a month.
0: Yeah, so it's not fun. And you Mm -hmm. may even have had some pressure then, hey, you just hired this guy, you sure we need him?
1: Well, here's the number one key. Is that I paid for Chris fully? He wasn't a company employee, and most
0: yeah, you can world. pause that right now, right? And I'm being I'm being funny, but that is the 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 jump. See, it's exactly the same thing I did when I negotiated to have an assistant come in. wasn't there yet, right? Volume. Yep. I said I'll jump in. Too many guys that are watching this. You want to build a team? Don't have enough faith in their own business to put their own dollar right. into getting it going where they need to go oh they said i can't do this oh they if if you work the deal you can do a lot of things but you gotta right. jump into your stuff when somebody else is, and I think that that stops a lot of people from growing. It
1: does. I do talk to people a lot of times about wanting to grow, and I'm like, "You've got to hire somebody. You've got to have faith, like you said, that you can go out here and make this work.
0: You have to go out and make it yeah. work, and you hire the right person.
1: Correct. And you have that's the right interesting
0: person. though that you you said, I don't. It's fine. I'll pay half. I'll pay all. I'll do whatever I got to do.
1: I still work under that mantra today.
0: Yeah, and I'm, I do. I don't I do.
1: want people telling me that I have to send my staff home. Just the example you make. We pour a lot of time, a lot of training, hard work into these people. And I make a commitment when you come to work with me, and I don't take that for granted. So I know when I get up in the morning, I'm zero at broke, and I better come home with some money, because it's not just my family. I'm supporting right now seven other yeah. families. So it's a big deal to me. And it was just the same deal when it was just Chris and I, and there was $2 million on the table.
0: So we're $2 million. You don't, what, what, what were you saying to realtors? <laughs> like, hi, I know how to refi. Do you even know how to put a purchase through? Yeah. I've talked to guys who are like, oh, I did a lot of refis, or I don't know how to do a refi. It's kind of like, how do you not know how to do a purchase refi? That's like a buy or sell for a real, I think. You got no boat. Right. But you didn't know much about purchase business. I
1: didn't. I didn't. Seller I didn't.
0: concessions never comes up. Right,
1: uh, right. None of that. Right. I have none of that in front of me. I think um, the grace of God let me this talk a lot. And I learned that, um, very early on, no matter what you commit to someone, you follow through, you know, and, and if you make a mistake, you own it. Uh, you don't go somebody, you don't not call them back. I learned that very early in the career. And that's really how I was able to pick up people. I would always pick my phone up if there was an issue. And honestly, Brad, I had issues. I didn't, you know, like you said, I really hadn't been in the purchase business.
0: It's interesting, though, that the the highlight you pull out of that time is that you had to make big calls in order to make big money. Mm -hmm. So and I'm saying it that way, because when I was raised in the business, whenever there was a problem or something where you can't and and it it will come. In fact, I had one with one of the teammates the other day as a loan officer that the prequel wasn't working out the way we needed to. You're going to have some drama. Mm -hmm. You're going to have some mistakes that happen. We're humans. Yeah. And how you handle that, though, is not ducking your head in the sand, like you said. And, right. and, and that was a principle you pulled out of that period of time. Even if it's not right, they're going to hear from me real quick. Big call, big money. Get it over with. Get it out there. And you work through it. it. And, and see, people would rather, and I think we hide, some do, I think even as a new loan officer, you hide a little bit from the fear of, I hope it works out. Mm-hmm. When really, I, I was on the phone, this is a good analogy, because I have a few of them that work out real good, analogy-wise, good and, and I said to him, I said, what if I'm on an airplane, man, and, and, and you don't come over the loudspeaker, and all of a sudden, I, 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 we drop, like, dude, you could have gave us a heads up that was coming, and right. that's really the job. You can't control the weather. Right. But you can control the communication and how you're getting a deal. So that's a huge milestone, big, big calls. And I think you, if you're listening and making a rule, your big calls need to happen first in the day because they ride on the rest of your, your production, I think problems kept. Absolutely. So, okay. So we're 2 million in you're out talking to realtors. You have a, a, a great uh, talk, I guess. What, what do you present? What are you selling? What are you even talking about saying? Do you remember?
1: I, I can't or do you say bullshit. I, I, I mean, it's probably real? the reality is I bullshit because yeah. I, again, I didn't know how to do birches. You know, I was like, Aah. you know, I'd go home at night and read a guideline, try to make sure I could find out what concessions were okay and weren't right. because I had never dealt with that. You know, but I think my honesty and my ability to put out there that if nothing else, my answer your phone, if nothing else, if I don't know the answer, I'll go find it for you and I'll communicate with you. And, you know, a lot of people talk about how they communicate but do they really communicate, you know, and that's where that they don't, they talk about it. They'll come in your office and they'll promise you the world. And then at lack of knowledge, they get scared. It's interesting. you talk
0: to a lot of realtors now, and Mm -hmm. they'll still say communication is a big deal. How dumb do you have to be as a loan officer not to communicate to get your next deal? Dumb. Like, where do you go? Like, why not? Like if, if, if someone's going through the home process, And you know, there's another terminology like managing fear, right? Mm -hmm. There's some nerves going on. I have a guy that is—he'll email, then he'll he'll then he'll text me. Did you get the email? And then he'll, you know, it's it's ongoing. Then he'll call and and what's what's the problem? Where's he at? Oh, he's going through a little bit of a divorce. He's been married twenty some years. He's buying a new house in a new neighborhood. He's not. There's a lot going on. Right. And some of it has to do with the mortgage. Other rest of it has nothing to do with it. Besides. His, he has some fear around this next stage in his life. Right. That's our job. You don't say, man, stop bothering me. If your kid is scared at night, you bring him in and you say it's OK and you get him a blanket. Right. And and that's what has to, you have to understand that it's not always the guideline. And it's interesting that particular client came in real heavy rate conscious. Hey, mm-hmm. what's your rate? What's your rate? And now it's turned into me making sure that he's taken care right. of the process. So you learn that on early on. Chris is there. You're a couple million a month. You're out talking to realtors. What's the next phase look the like? The
1: next phase is remember all those clients I refi? Yeah. Guess what they did? They went and bought bigger houses or second homes or had family coming in. And I had done such a great job in communicating to them. I knew how to do that. I knew how to make a client feel good. I knew how to go beyond what's going on in your world, right? Because sometimes, like you said, people come in rate conscious, care about rate. They you want. really
0: believe that? Like I do, I do. I do. Yeah. And it's coming from doing a lot of loans. Like you really believe some clients, I'll, I'll even say one out of 10, might not care nothing about it. it's all rate driven, all rate driven. Okay. But the majority, if not all, it's not about that.
1: Mm-mm, it's not. And so you need to understand your client. You need to listen to them and hear what's going on. You have to ask key questions. Just want to understand who they are. Don't project what you think they want.
0: That's a mistake. I actually, when you say that, I, I, I've been pushing out, hey, listen more, right? Mm-hmm. You've seen some of the uh-huh. stuff. Where, listen, communicate, slow down is the word I use. Take out the prequel form again and make sure you're hitting all the bases. And I, I found myself with a client the other day. Uh, they were on the screen. I had my camera on. They, neither one had theirs on. This went for 40 minutes. About I had a great call. And they ended up doing their loan somewhere else. Now, this is me doing loans 30 years. Mm-hmm. And hearing you say it, I know for a fact when I got off, it was more about the options that I had to share with them instead of what options they needed to see. And, and I think you can do that pretty easily, even at this. I've been doing this a yep, f- long time. You can. And I, I jumped into here's, oh, you called about this. Well, then I'm going to show you this and this. Instead of Man, you just said slow down and listen, right? And it's the same principle. People mm-hmm. have a story and it comes off the rate if you're listening more. Right, and and I lost to. that to rate. Mm-hmm. 45 minutes. Interesting, right? Right. Sucks. So 30 years later happening, right? it's got, it happened, right? It does <laughs> happen. It, it does. happens
1: to all of us. So it, it is about understanding the client and who you are talking to and what their desires are. So it's just digging in a little deeper.
0: I looked at that as a $4,000 loss from not being in tune yep. to who's in front of me.
1: By not listening.
0: Yeah. And and I could have caught a couple other things that would have made the deal different. I know it. Mm-hmm. So you learn that early on. You're out talking to realtors. You're communicating well. What happens My past next?
1: database blows up. Past database blows up.
0: You day. say database because you're Southern. I say database because I'm Northern. So it's the same thing. We'll call it a CRL. Let's just call it that. <laughs> but
1: those people came around. They were buying bigger homes. They what do you mean they big...
0: came around, though? Did they you know back. to market to them because of your refi experience? Honest Was to God, there a CRM? No, right.
1: I did not. But I had done such a good job for them and had worked with them several times because back in the refis, you know, we were really doing it. We'd do three, four, five times. Yeah. You won't do that today. But um, we were doing it then, and I had always done an excellent job on customer service. And so they came back to me. Um, I earned a place. Um, as uh, one of the preferred lenders for SAS. What's SAS? SAS is a huge privately owned company in Cary, um, and the gentleman that owns it, Mr. Goodnight, he um, built most of Cary. So I got into there, and a lot of people, you know, they have that inter-office um, memo stuff that they say, and they'd be like, "Oh, hey, who's the, you know who's a good lender? Who's a preferred lender?" And a lot of people just started using me. Then I was able to take some of those leads, and guess what? Give me real lenders because they weren't,
0: they didn't have them. Very cool, mm-hmm. and that helps start you getting out in front of more realtors, then bringing I started, more business. it yeah, started
1: going in. to four, four million, four to four to six million, depending on what day it was.
0: Knowing now. You know how they'll ask questions like, if I could ask the 25-year-old Sherry back, you know, I don't know how old you were back then, but you get my point. That 19-year-old Sherry. (laughs) Ah. By the way, she's from Raleigh, North Carolina. You know, Mm -hmm. we didn't mention that. So that's your market you're in. But if you could go back, do you think now how you manage your database? Actually, I already know the answer because we just went through a refi boom and you capitalized very Mm -hmm, well mm -hmm. off your past clients that you, I think not only did a good job, but you nurtured them this time, which helped the value, right? So you've learned, Hey, I got to be in my CRM and database. And before uh, we were getting set up and doing some pictures and stuff like that, we talked about um, how you're in your database, Mm -hmm. leaving notes with your team on the mortgage side, Mm -hmm. same as how we run. And I talked to so many guys that don't know anything about conversations. So database plays a big part. We'll, we'll maybe come back to that you jumped to four million. Mm-hmm. So because re- rates help, mm-hmm. uh, Chris is in place. Yep. You got some refi stuff. You're out talking to realtors. Mm-hmm. These re- these the rates get better. Some of the refi people decide I'm going to move. Mm-hmm. You're able to refer them out to an agent because yep. of the connection, not because you, you just because you did a great job. Now doing it, you you would get a bigger return, right? Right. So then it was just great taking care of the clients. So now we're at four million. What, what next phase happened? We have
1: another refi
0: drop. Life is good to you. Life is good. <laughs> These cycles are hitting uh, at the right time, time right? Because
1: right. they are cycles and you need to be prepared for them. And so Chris and I buckled down. We hired someone else to help us. It didn't quite work out as the way we wanted now, to. Now, how
0: long had Chris been with you during the ups and downs? Roughly. I know that we're, we're just about four
1: years at this point. And
0: you hadn't hired anybody besides him. Okay, so you stayed. Is it fa- processing? We won't count that. But you—is it fair to say during that four period, four-year period with Chris, you were in the two to four million dollar a month range? Mm-hmm. You then fast forward, rates improve again. Mm-hmm. You bring in another team member. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long was that team member with you before uh, they weren't?
1: She was with us for about two and a half years, and then she um, needed to go home and help her family. Um, her kids were getting get ready to be teenagers, and she just felt like she needed to be at home. So we lost a good person, not because of lack of what we were doing, it's just, you know, life happens. Yeah. You gotta let them go. Um, fortunately enough, she came back to work for us, so uh, years later, but she's back in our crew today. And
0: Today she is? Yes, yeah, she is. So this is how long ago then, roughly? So it was you- about,
1: what, eight years ago? Yeah, okay. That's right, yeah.
0: Okay, so... She comes and goes. What happened when she was there for the two and a half? It's the three total of we, you know. We
1: had the we had the refi boom popping in. So um,
0: what percentage? And I, I know we're chatting and, and it's it's examples, but what percentage would you say you, that two to four million were you purchase heavy? Then you earned, that was all purchase business because rates weren't cooperating. Correct. When that flipped, we went to about eight million, eight nine. So, so that eight. the rate difference, you jumped to eight million there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now we've got three people on the team. Mm-hmm. How much of a percentage roughly would you say is refi business in that
1: deal? Probably about 60%.
0: Okay. So heavy. And it was because yeah. of how your career started. So right. A great way to start. Um, Which actually is probably one of the smartest ways you could have started your career if you think back. Mm -hmm. Like most guys will jump in and say, I just do purchase business and that's all they do, right? Yeah. Because they were trained. That's longevity in the business. But there's nothing wrong with refinances. That's nurturing your database, taking care of it. But That's how you start. That's that's pretty neat. Um, So, okay. Talk the coaching during this time. Who's helping you? what's going on during that anybody you winging it chris and you're a buddy helping each other just do what what's it look chris like chris and i are pretty much winging it yeah so structure wise um, once you, once
1: you're... this person had you know went you know had to go home it was chris and i pretty much winging it and we worked a lot um, what kind of changed in that dynamic for us is the company that i'd worked 16 years for and kind of helped grew from kind of you know seven people to all of a sudden we were i don't know i think almost 200 people Wow. They, yeah, they got purchased by a bigger company. I don't want to mention their name, but they came in to us and said, hey, look, we're transaction-based. We really don't care about prior relationships.
0: maybe and, in past clients? Yeah,
1: and for me,
0: you were raised that way.
1: I had a guy.
0: Well, yeah, you were raised to take, that's yeah. what I just got done saying. We could rewind that. I just said, yeah. that was the whole, that was a benefit to your what? business of growing up in a refi market, Correct. learning that that database was valuable.
1: I'm still caring about and that. And so database. the new
0: company comes in and says, hey, we just want to run transactional new people banks. through
1: Yeah, don't care. And what really more upset me about the whole situation is not only were they transactional, they didn't care about that one transaction. So we could have been a hot mess. They wanted to close at the last minute. All the things that people fear for, especially when you're doing a purchase, that'll kill your purchase business. So I had a little bit of, I lost some I lost some realtors. How long did
0: you stay with that transition?
1: Mm, roughly? Less than six months.
0: Yeah, it didn't take long. Yeah, I was gone. Well, you're very, uh, your business is very hands-on to the client. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that you've taken that they've come, you, you started that way. That hasn't left your business. So mm-hmm. we met, you know, I do a lot of the brownies and stuff like that yeah. going out. You were doing similar stuff to go out. Where did you start when, during all this ride, right? When did you start to get more organized in your business and, and start developing more processes and systems, right?
1: When we were doing the refis that were like 60% refis and 40 I learned then. To Towards
0: that $8 million mark yep. with the girl that, that I, ended I needed up to do that
1: process. You know, I needed to make those thank you notes. I needed to make sure that my database was secure. I needed to call my realtor partners and communicate with them and be out with them. So I learned a lot um, in that time. And I got a lot of bruises too, but I learned a lot. So at that point, especially after we left the other company, it was just time for us to to grow. So Chris and I went to another company so we could grow.
0: And then it's just the two of you. Mm -hmm. What happens when, when did you explode? Like 150, like 150 million, right? That's what we're talking Mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. Like what did, what, what does the team look like when you were doing that? Describe that team a year ago. It's a seven member team. Yeah. And what roles do you have? If we had to label them, I know we will call them all out. Chris is your, your anchor,
1: Mm -hmm. helping out. He's my, uh, yeah, he's my uh, director of operations now. Yeah. Um, And then I have a director of sales.
0: Which primarily does what?
1: He manages my LOAs. Um, He also is in contact with our realtor, making sure that our realtor partners are happy. He goes out and does classes for them, makes sure that they're educated. I mean, he does all those things. So he really services that.
0: He's a wing of, and now is he involved in the deals? Absolutely. Well. Okay. So he's helping the, he, if I label it, I could call him a realtor liaison mm-hmm. somewhat would be a good title for that. He's taking care of them during the deal. Also going out and helping them grow. Okay. Yes, cool. Yes, yes. What other parts play? Um, I have team? another
1: LOA that just does, you know, I have two other LOAs that just do nothing but the actual paperwork, confirm it with the client, make sure the client's happy. So they, four of them kind of all handle the loan stuff day to day. Um, I have an inside concierge. She is the person that takes the initial lead and works on it to get it to our loan partners. Make sure that So client the
0: calls in, someone's watching this yeah. is gonna ask, client calls, calls in, what, what happens?
1: Uh, Crystal's gonna answer the phone, who's the person that does this, and she's gonna find out their details. Um, she's gonna send them to the website so that they can apply. If they wanna talk to a loan officer right then, she's gonna allow them to do that. And then she follows up with them on a weekly basis to see where they are, especially if we've issued a pre-approval. If they do not pre approve with us, we chase them till they tell us to go
0: away. When do you come into the picture on a client? That's the stage we're at right now. Yeah. You say it smiling. That's the level. I don't. Yeah. Do you miss it?
1: I miss parts of it. Yeah. And if a client needs me, like literally on the weekend, if I get a call and I need to speak to a client, I will. But I let them know that the way that my system works with a team, it's like a, it's like the football team here, right? The quarterback's not the only one on the team, right? All these other people are keeping making the, the play process. Happen. Yeah, they're making it happen. So that's really where the success has lied for me is that I've been able to go out and just market, and that's all I do.
0: So day to day now, you don't hold credit, you're not issuing disclosures. Um, you have other help. Who else is on the team?
1: Well, Christy is my assistant. <laughs> So and I have here. She is. She's, she's hanging out here on the camera. I know. She's the
0: one I keep looking at, along with Bradley, on the side here <laughs> while we're shooting it.
1: Um, and she keeps my schedule organized. Keeps helps me do events. We do a lot of things for our realtor partners. We love them, and we love on them because we appreciate no, them. No, you do
0: an extraordinary amount for your agents. I would say from, uh, and you're way ahead. How do you do that? Like, talk about what. Walk me through some of the last few things you did for realtors that stick out
1: wow well let's just talk about we're doing a um having a gentleman who's a top realtor come in on march 1st and there's a cost of 197 dollars and we are waiting that for them to go hear how they can produce more how they can generate more leads
0: well and, and i remember six months ago, a year ago, I came up to Raleigh and you mm-hmm. had another top producing realtor in yep. there that you Lee wrote Brand. a check to have. Yeah. But she came to speak to bring value into these agents yes. you're working right.
1: with. Now. So I also had you to come, which was a, a great value. I mean, you've got to look at their situation. I mean, they want to learn and grow. And so you need to train them. I think I've heard this from multiple top producers over the last twelve months. Don't bring me a rate sheet and donuts. Cause I don't care. Bring me somebody that's going to come in and train my big teams or train me to be more competitive and be able to win a deal.
0: What was your last training that you did with a real estate office?
1: Gosh, we just did one well, last about week. about what
0: though? Like what were you talking about? Oh, we about? talked about- And did you do it? Yeah, I actually did it. I saw it. I was. I asked it on purpose because I saw the post that you graced their presence.
1: Oh! <laughs> something like that.
0: I thought it was awesome. I said, oh, she's on working again. Good. All right. All right. So what did you? T- what did you cover? We, well, we just
1: we discussed that there's a, a first-time homebuyer program and a community homebuyer program that we have, and I went into great detail because they were very, very you know in, intrigued by it, explained to them how they could actually go out into the community and use this flyer and the education I shared with them to get more business, to go to the fire departments, to go to the police departments, go to the hospitals and let them know that we have this product and that they could benefit from it.
0: When when you do a lot of your trainings, would you say that um, it's product training, but also you're including how they can get more business through yes. that product, right? I do that all the like time. tying the bow with here's and here's where that client right. is at, right? And maybe Homes for Heroes is a that's what I'm talking about, like the fire departments mm-hmm, and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, what would be another training you had? Oh, I do
1: a lot of training on Managing your time, schedules, we talk about that. Interesting,
0: so you're going, so I'm being serious. They have the
1: same problem we did.
0: Yeah, so you're going into the real estate office and talking about time management Mm -hmm. as one of your topics. What else comes to mind for trainings? Mm Because you do, how many would you say you're doing a week? If you had to Mm -hmm. guess, or let's say month, roughly month. I
1: don't know, we probably easily do seven. I would say seven a month,
0: don't you think? Do you ask the agents, say, go to the broker and say, we'd like to do this, or are they coming to you at this Mm -mm.
1: point? Yeah, we are very proactive. Okay. I have an idea, of, or I see a product, or I think of something that I could share with them, and I immediately have Chris, Christy reach out to my teens and say, are you interested in, in having us come talk about it? I do go to teen meetings every, every month, and I can't get everyone because, unfortunately, all my teens, who I love dearly, have their meetings on Tuesday. Every one of them. So yeah, kind I kind of yeah, juggle, but I thank the good Lord that I've got Chris and Hunter because they fill in for me. And I'll tell you, they're my right hands, and the knowledge they have is invaluable.
0: Is Hunter the realtor liaison label I put? He is. Okay, so, and Chris being the one who started with you. So those guys will go out. So there's three of you who can go out and do a Tuesday Mm -hmm. meeting Mm -hmm. and leverage it. Um, Why do you do those so often?
1: Because you need to stay in front of your realtor department. You need to educate them. You need to let them know you're thinking about them. Look, our business isn't easy. You know, there's always somebody else on the corner that's going to be there, to talk to your agents, to love on your agents. So if you're not doing it, somebody are you always in.
0: feeding them and taking them to lunches as well? We I do. have one guy who says I really need to watch what I'm spending. Hey, going too many lunches that, and buying no. drinks. No, how no. do you how do you deal with that piece? Are you you just don't. No. What, most I mean, of I your- think
1: Christy will tell you because she helps manage my expenses. That I don't. It's very rare that I put money in front of anything. My team, my realtor partners. You know, my other business partners, I don't do that. I feel like if you're taking care of people, that comes back to you.
0: Do you have any joint marketing with teams? I do. Several? Several. And is does that seem to be a natural um, a natural thing that ends up coming where you partner to get yeah. more business coming in? <gasps> when do, you, do you, you track your leads? I do. And you watch the dollars that go out mm-hmm. for that marketing effort. When do you when do you decide it's okay to write a check with the real estate agent team?
1: I like to ask them for two deals going out just so they can see if they like us and we like them.
0: That would be, so if it you go out to a meeting, meeting goes great and they start saying, hey, Sherry, we, we'd love to do business with you, but I really need you to chip in on the Zillow. Your normal response will be, we're going to need to do a couple.
1: Yeah, I would say, Brad, look, i have enjoyed this and i think that we could probably do a lot of great things together but i'd like to do two transactions one so you can see how we operate two we can see how you operate because if we don't we don't mesh our way we treat people the way that we just go about business i'm gonna be the first person to wish you love peace and happiness but i will not work with you if you're not going to respect my time and my people's time just like i do yours then I don't think we're a good fit. And I'd rather walk away and not make a dime knowing that there's other people that are committed to my business and I'd rather put my time and effort in there. And if that's money, that's fine too.
0: Where would you say your holes are right now? Mm. You got a big team.
1: I got I know my holes. Great oh my team. Gosh. You know your holes, all right? Well, I, I definitely have one. Um, we started reading this book, Unreasonable Hospitality. And Christy and I were talking about it yesterday. Um, of the holes that we felt like that we could do, the extra touches that we've not been doing. And it's, we were talking about, what's well, just time.
0: You're pretty organized and touchy in your transaction. Mm-hmm. So this book is a extra layer of what you're talking yeah, about. It's
1: a listening, to, it goes back to listening to someone, right? Yeah. This gentleman that wrote this book is just spot on and it applies to any business. You just gotta pay attention to your client, hear what their needs are, why they're doing something you know he made an example that some this couple of or if actually a family of four came to his restaurant now this is a pretty swanky restaurant in new york but they talked about how they didn't weren't able to get a you know nathan's hot dog in mm-hmm. new york what do you get nathan's right
0: not at a swanky restaurant do i, I wouldn't don't. expect a hot mm-hmm. dog at a swanky restaurant and you won't get it right
1: but this manager heard that went down the road bought hot dogs for like, ended up being $2 or something, brought them back, had the chef prepare them, put them on a plate and took them out to the family.
0: Because he overheard. Because he overheard. So, he took
1: the time, he listened. Yeah, he's
0: listening to the yeah. client, which is going to get you further along. Where do you see that, that playing out in your business?
1: Um, I've already thought about it. Just doing a little deeper dive in our initial interview of, you know, where you're going and through the process. Are you going to move into your home immediately? Yes. Okay. Well, then I need to prepare. You know what happens anytime you are removed, What's the, one of one of the things that you're missing immediately? Like spot stuff, but you need to have it.
0: Toilet paper, paper towel. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: So we could have a whole package sent to them that would be prepared and have a pizza. So that night they a could beer. Sing. I was yeah. thinking beer, Pizza, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's I mean, think about it. Think how tired so that's a you are. toilet
0: paper first. <laughs> that's what I thought. You don't want to have a problem, man. You know. Uh, toilet paper and a beer. There's, there. there's nothing else than no, moving in a new house myself. and somebody
1: trying to find some toilet paper. So anyway, <laughs> um, but to have that you know, prepared so we know if they're going to move in right after closing, it, that that's there for them. That's a touch that's invaluable. Can you, I, I would have been like, God, I've never used anybody else if someone had done that for me.
0: And expense-wise, very minimal. It is. H- how about the effort to be able to do that? Easy.
1: Easy. It's asking the question through the process. We talk to them, right? Yeah. If you're talking to your client, it takes two seconds to ask the question. You're reviewing your closing disclosure. Hey, right? by the way, do y'all plan to move in that day? Oh, you got movers? I mean, you can do it so indirectly because all those things are gonna happen to them. They're not gonna think about anything because yeah. you're asking about it.
0: Right. Are you doing it in a way that you wanna surprise them? Yes. Meaning throw them, wow, that was unexpected. Get the wow out of it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's gonna end up leading to more people coming back even more Correct. for you. Yeah. Well, I wanna thank you guys for listening in. We're gonna take a, a we're gonna cut this one. You're gonna to hear tons more from Sherry coming into the coaching side as well and be able to help you with building a team. We're just scratching the surface, so stay tuned. Thanks for being here. Thank you.